Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Child of. This week, I am going to be sharing my story as it pertains to being spiritually abused by my narcissistic parent. And then next week, I'll be sharing the things that I've done over the past few years to heal my relationship with God. Today, I was scrolling through Instagram and I came across a pretty old post of mine. And I ended up reposting the caption to the Child Of page, which if you're following, you may have seen it today. Um, And I'll go ahead and read it to you here for those of you who haven't seen it or aren't on Instagram. What do you get when you mix religion and narcissism? A narcissistic cult. Cults can be as small as a family or as big as an entire country of people. What they all have in common, though, is deception, brainwashing, and shame. My father was a religious narcissist. I grew up in a small familial religious cult where his word was as good as God's. We were not allowed to question him or have different opinions. He used the Bible not as a tool for life and healing, but as a weapon to shame and control his family. If this sounds like a relationship that you're in, get out. If this sounds like a pastor that you have, leave that ministry. Religious narcissists are very literally like wolves in sheep's clothing. They might seem humble or kind at first glance, but they are conniving, manipulative, and seek only one thing in life, and that is power. The gospel is for love, relationship, and new beginnings. It is for inclusion and grace. To use it as anything else is nothing less than sacrilegious. Now, I know that many of you probably aren't religious or of any faith, so maybe this won't pertain to you, or maybe you know someone who this might pertain to. I struggled with making this two-part series on spiritual abuse because it may not apply to my current audience, i.e. you, Um, but then I figured if there is even one person listening who is dealing with this kind of abuse, then I definitely need to share. My earliest memory about God or faith was sitting as maybe a five or six year old and really thinking about all that I had been told by my parents about hell and how I was bad um, and how I was prone to evil or, and it was, I mean, it was hard for me to understand at that age, but I could wrap my mind around the idea or the concept of hell. And that was really freaky to me. Um, so I was really thinking about hell and it scared me. So I decided that I was asked my mom to help me say what is known as the sinner's prayer. And this was like a big deal in our family the first time that, uh, I guess, you say the sinner's prayer as a kid. Um, It was like a huge deal. So I asked to say the sinner's prayer, which is basically just a prayer of repentance and asking God to reside with me throughout my life. But thinking back on this time and how little I was and the reasoning behind my desire to say this specific prayer was fear and not a love of God. I grew up going to church every Sunday without fail and sitting through hours of Sunday school and watching my parents read their Bibles. 
But the one thing that stood out to me watching all of this and just kind of being more of an observer because I was fairly introverted was how miserable everyone looked. And that really stuck out to me, especially like my parents. They always seemed pretty miserable. And it didn't make any sense to me that someone who was serving the God that they said was so great and so loving and so awesome could be so unhappy. During this time in my adolescence, I discovered that I was afraid of my father, and this is the time that I started to hide in my room every time he came home because he was so critical, and the things that he said to me hurt me so much. So I I hid away, and I remember him talking about our family at dinner, at the dinner table at night, and saying how awesome we had it to have a father who came home and went to work and didn't leave his wife and it it just seemed really ridiculous that he was talking himself up over doing literally the bare minimum of what a father should do and in the evenings he would sit at the dinner table by himself with the bible open um, reading it and I always thought he must know the bible really well because he did this every single night And I also began to witness my siblings each taking all of their like harder spiritual questions to him as if he was like the only one in the house who had actual answers. And as I got older, I began to experience in small increments what I now consider to be spiritual abuse. It was a misuse of God and his word to control my behavior, to instill shame in me, and to make me feel less than. Now, there are a couple verses that my father made extra sure that we had in our head because they really worked for him. Um, One of them, well, both of them are from Ephesians uh, chapter 5 and chapter 6. The first one is wives submit to your husbands. That one was quoted a lot. And the other one was children obey your parents. And honestly, growing up, these two verses felt like they were the entire Bible to me. What I remember even more is how cold and icy and full of hate my father's eyes would get when he said these things, when he quoted these verses. The matter of obedience in the house that I grew up in was huge. My father was very legalistic and almost military in his approach to things. I wasn't spoken to as a child who was loved, but as a subservient who needed to do what I was told right away. I was made to feel that if I didn't obey my parents, namely my father, that I was practically spitting in God's face and disobeying God himself. And while these two verses lay as a sort of blanket over our household, My father regularly exhibited behavior that was hypercritical, manipulative, and unkind. And when he wasn't criticizing us, he was absent. He would go to work and be there for hours on end. He would leave early, early in the morning and come home super late at night. And so what I did see of my dad was always really negative. And then when he was gone, things were, for the most part, better. And as I got even older, I was kind of pushed into the position of feeling like I needed to emulate 
the entire version of the love chapter of the Bible to be kind and patient and merciful, all of the things, and yet my father would emulate none of it while saying that he did. I remember sitting and listening to him tell me that I needed to be an honest person and tell the truth and be transparent with him and thinking to myself, but you aren't any of those things. You're not honest with me. You're not transparent. You don't tell me the truth. You manipulate me and you hurt me. And then when I call you out on it, you lie to me and tell me that you didn't even say the things that I heard you say 10 minutes ago. As I reached my high school years, I began to actually hide my own personal faith in God from my father and act like I didn't care about what God said because in my mind, I realized that my father was using this as a way to hurt me and control me. So I figured if he didn't know that I actually believed in God and that I wanted to know more about the Bible, that he wouldn't be able to hold this over my head every time I did something that he thought was wrong or just simply didn't like. I was a really quiet, shy kid, and for the most part, I just wanted to please my parents. But at some point, I realized that that wasn't possible, and that was really heartbreaking for me to realize that no matter what I did, they weren't going to love me the way that I wanted to be loved or that I needed to be loved. And I realized that it didn't matter how religious I was or how or how much I read the Bible or how good of grades I got, that it didn't matter if I was the best, most talented daughter in the world, I gave up. I didn't want to play the game anymore. There was one night that really sealed the deal for me. It was... Uh, like a week after one of my horses had had to be put down because she had broken her leg really bad in a storm. And I was devastated because I loved my horses as if they were my best friends. It was the first experience that I had had with death, and I was struggling with God over my grief. And I remember I was sitting on the couch. My mom came in and sat with me, and I was telling her that that I was having a crisis of faith. In reality, I was just really angry that I had had to lose what was my best friend, my horse. And I was angry at God because I didn't know who else to be angry at, and I needed to work through my emotions. But my father, who was sitting in the kitchen, caught wind of what I was saying to my mom and came in and tried to force me to get on the phone with my sister to tell her that I was upset with God. And he was just like, how dare you say that you're questioning God? He was really angry with me. Obviously, that's not what I needed at that time. I needed someone to just be gentle with me and help me process my grief. But instead, I got an angry father who was shoving the phone in my face and I got up to leave the situation because I knew that it wasn't going to go anywhere good. And instead of allowing me to leave, he pushed me back onto the couch. And at that point, I snapped and I started screaming at him. And I used some expletives, which I don't think he'd ever heard me use bad words before. So that was probably a shock. But um, he hit me really hard in the face, so hard that it knocked me back on the couch. And this was all while I had a friend over, which was just crazy. But um, directly after this happened, 
my parents drove me to uh, the Wednesday night youth group that they had in town and sat in the back during the whole thing. And I remember just feeling so, so afraid to do anything while they were watching me from behind. I I didn't want to move my body. I didn't know if I would get in trouble for, for like putting my arms up or or doing anything while the service was going on. My biggest struggle through all of these experiences was that God was referred to in the Bible as a father. And my experience of a father was not something good. So I spent a lot of time struggling with feeling like I should trust God and feeling like I should love God, but not feeling like I could actually do those things. In my childhood home, we had a picture on the wall that listed all of the different names in Hebrew and the translations of, of what God was called in the Bible. And one of them was um, translated as Abba Father. And it might as well have said scary man, because to me, a father was someone that you hid from, someone who was unkind to you, someone who lied to you, who said things to make you react. Someone who was gone and not part of your life for long periods of time. Someone who you wished would stay gone because when they aren't there, it's easier to be happy. To me, a father was not a good thing. Watching my father, the way he treated my mom with such a harsh, almost disregard, and the way that he treated us kids over the years, it translated to me as... This is what God is like, because he, in such a subtle way, made himself godlike in our home. He made it clear over the years that his interpretations of the Bible were the only correct ones. He manipulated everyone in my family to believe that if he believed it, then it was obviously true. He made sure he had ultimate authority over every decision that was made. It didn't matter what my mom thought. It didn't matter what anyone else thought. It was just up to him. And this is why I began to hide my relationship with God. I didn't want to believe in a God that only wanted to control me or that was unkind, that was vengeful, that was angry and hateful. I wanted to know a God who was full of love and in my room in the quiet, with my door closed, I began to find him. Next week, I will share how I reestablished my relationship with God after 20 years of this kind of narcissistic spiritual abuse and manipulation. If you're new here, episodes are out every Tuesday. Um, and if you have also experienced spiritual abuse, I would love to hear from you. As I stated in the beginning of this episode, I was hesitant to get into this part of my story and to share it because I wasn't sure if any of you would relate to it or if it would be helpful, but I hope that it is. Both my Instagrams are linked in the podcast description. I would love to hear from you if this is something that you have also walked through in your own life. Thank you all for being here. I hope that you all have a peace-filled week, and I will talk to you all again next Tuesday.